Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With FDA emergency use authorization in hand, New York City is now pushing to administer coronavirus vaccines to as many children as possible between the ages of 5 and 11. The vaccination efforts have prompted mixed feelings among Staten Island parents, some of whom are relieved that their child is finally eligible to get the shot, while others have voiced fervent opposition to the initiative and fear of what it could lead to down the road. Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by community news and education reporter Annalise Knudsen to discuss New York City's push to vaccinate young children and the backlash we've seen from some Staten Island parents. Thanks for joining me today, Annalise. We're about two months into the new school year now. How would you say the first few months of the year are going compared to last year when the city was still trying to navigate hybrid and remote learning and school closures and all that stuff? So I would say when we brought into that were brought into that new school year it was very hectic in that planning and getting the preparations ready and in terms of what we were going to do with coronavirus in terms of testing safety measures so when the new school year started we saw a lot of the same safety measures that schools used last year and we know that it was a little bit more difficult this year in terms of the social distancing now that every single school is back every single student is back in school so In the first few weeks, it was a lot of school closures. And again, we've seen that those policies in terms of school closures and coronavirus cases have been changing. But now that we're in, I want to say, three months into the new school year, it has been pretty quiet in terms of school closures. And I think everyone has been in sort of a steady steady run of how things are working so far. Yeah, and I think it's got to be a bit of a relief for a lot of people, too, that we're not dealing with some of that hybrid and remote stuff from last year, because that was just so difficult. I know on a lot of the kids, you know, being by themselves and kind of isolated, but then also on the teachers having to try and figure out how they were going to be teaching people remotely and people in the classroom and who was responsible for what. So it seems like things this year are a little more... Uh, settled down and and they have the experience from last year to kind of lean on. So I'm I'm glad to hear that things seem to be uh, going pretty well so far. Let's talk about vaccines. That's why we have you here. So earlier this month, the FDA amended its emergency use authorization of the coronavirus vaccine to include children between the ages of 5 and 11. And then the CDC unanimously voted to recommend the vaccine for young children. Now that some of NYC's youngest students can get vaccinated, how do you think that could impact some of those uh, school health and safety policies that we've seen moving forward? So we know that New York City has put out this huge plan and initiative to get as many kids in that age group vaccinated as possible. And so far, it seems to be working from what their numbers had yesterday, as of yesterday, which was Tuesday, they said that many, many, many students have been getting the vaccine in school buildings through that you know, that vaccine program. But I want to say at least 70,000 kids citywide in that 5 to 11 age group have gotten vaccinated. So when we think about how that could change what's happening in schools, 
Right now, the mayor is still insisting on keeping a mask mandate in place because we know that not every student is going to get a, a vaccine at this point. And there isn't a vaccine mandate in place for students either. So in terms of looking at coronavirus policies, as of right now, under the current mayor, Mayor Bill de Blasio, we're not seeing any changes so far. I think right now it's more, let's focus on getting as many kids vaccinated as possible. Let's continue to follow guidance from our health professionals and see how that goes from there. Yeah, that's been a very common thread from the from the city and from the Department of Education that we're just going to follow the advice of the health professionals. They say, um, I recently covered a CEC meeting with the chancellor and, you know, she just kind of kept repeating like, we are education experts. We are not health experts. So we are making these decisions in collaboration with people who have that expertise. And we are going to lean on the science, lean on the health uh, experts there and, and kind of make our decisions that way. So uh, th- that seems to be a, a common a common point made by the city. But, you know, you mentioned it, and this is actually what I wanted to get in next. You know, the city is trying to make it as easy as possible for kids to get this vaccine, right? And so Mayor de Blasio announced that they're doing these in-school pop-up vaccines vaccination sites around the city. Can you just tell me a little more about that initiative and and what exactly they're doing there? The city has made this initiative um, of creating a pop-up vaccination site in every single school that serves kids 5 to 11. So that would include basically every single elementary school citywide and additionally those middle schools because students that are 11 are in middle schools or in sixth grade. So that was the plan. They had it over a course of five days earlier this month. And the plan was to basically just have parents come with their kids to school during a lot of times throughout the day and have their kid get their first dose of the coronavirus vaccine. And this was just a way for the city to be able to reach children in a much easier way. Uh, The parents were able to come with them and be there when they got the shot. And the kids were able to get the $100 vaccine incentive that the city has been offering since um, the summer. So that was also a good deal for the kids, too. But again, it's just a way for the kids to get the vaccine in in an easy way, in a simpler way. And it did so well and had such high demand that they had to bring it back. Yeah. And so that's what I was actually going to ask about next. So it seems like this initiative was very successful. They reached a lot of kids with it. And so now they are doing more sites, right? And or I guess since they were doing all the schools, they're doing the same sites, but over again. So uh, you, you said two additional days, right? Okay. So the city had brought back its vaccine pop-up sites to schools this past week. That included Michael J. Petridi's school on Staten Island, and that was just a way for them to address the high demand from the week prior when they first rolled out this initiative. And then by the end of the month, they're going to bring back those vaccination sites to every single school all over again. And that's a way for them to be able to give those kids the second dose. And it's another opportunity for kids to get the first dose if they haven't gotten it by that point. So on the first day that the city was administering these vaccines to the kids, you actually went and visited PS65 in Tompkinsville and saw some of the students get their vaccines, right? So can you kind of set the scene for us? What was it like in there? And and what were you hearing from some of the students and parents about getting their first shots? In PS65, they set up the pop-up vaccination site in the school cafeteria. And walking in, it was a bunch of parents that have been waiting there since before 7 a.m. when it opened, and they were ready. They were ready for their kids to get the, the vaccine. A lot of parents were waiting outside, were waiting in the cafeteria. And at that point, the chancellor of 
of New York City Schools was visiting as well. So she was there, she was able to talk to parents, support parents, talk to the students, see how they were feeling. And the general consensus that I that I heard from parents and from students was relief and excitement. A lot of parents have said that they've had the vaccine, you know, they, they got it earlier this year, and it's just been a, you know, waiting patiently for their kids that are, you know, ages five to 11 to get the vaccine. It gives them some sort of relief, especially as we move into the holiday season where last year we saw a lot of cases go up, going up at that point. So the kids were excited. I asked one student, how are you feeling? What are you most excited for? And he said to get the second shot, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> about getting your Big vaccine? Boys. Big I'm boys, feeling huh? good about it. You're feeling yes. good about it? I'm not scared. You're not scared? Yes. What are you most looking forward to now that you're going to get the vaccine? Um, I'm looking forward to a second one. A second one? <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you want the vaccine? But it's true, like he just wanted, he said that he wanted to be safe, he wanted to feel comfortable, he wanted to be able to be around his friends. So I think that just kind of set the stage for how a lot of families are feeling and when they were going to get that shot for their kid. We'll be right back. The Mayor of Maple Avenue is a powerful multi-part podcast about Sean Sinisey, a victim of former Penn State football coach Jerry Sandusky, who was arrested 10 years ago for numerous child sexual abuse charges. The podcast series is written and hosted by Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Sarah Ganim, who takes listeners into the world of addiction rehabilitation, where society can be quick to celebrate the consequences for abusers while not addressing the needs of their victims. Subscribe now to The Mayor of Maple Avenue wherever you get your podcasts. You mentioned some of these incentives that the that the city has been offering. There's the $100 incentive that's got a lot of play. And the fact that that was extended to young kids, I mean, it, in my mind is awesome because if I was, you know, 10 years old and I all of a sudden got a free $100, I would be at GameStop immediately. I'd have two new games. It would be amazing. But anyway, um, so <laughs> I saw a new incentive program that actually really stood out to me where students uh, between the ages of 5 and 11 who get vaccinated have a chance to win a full ride to college, right? So can you tell us a little more about that program? And, and do you think that'll actually motivate some more parents to uh, to get their kids vaccinated? So I, th- I think in terms of the incentive programs, I think they've been working in terms of getting people vaccinated, getting their kids vaccinated. And the newest one, like you mentioned, was that the state would offer a free scholarship to kids ages 5 to 11 that get fully vaccinated and they would be able to get a, a free ride to a city university of new york or a state university of new york or a cuny or a suny and i know it's not a lot of students i think i think they said 50 total would get this free ride but i think it's a big incentive you know we think about how much college costs we don't know how much college will cost when these kids are going to school and you know six seven uh, eight years from now. So I think it's a great opportunity. At that point, if you're getting your kid vaccinated, it's kind of like, why not just try and see how that goes? 
So I think that's a really good option for parents, maybe a, a bit of a push to get to get the chance to get that full ride because it, it covers tuition, room and board if you're going to dorm, you know, it covers a lot of things. And I think that's a great incentive. And I think a lot of people will take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as young adults ourselves, I know you and I both know the benefits to um, getting scholarships or, you know, some of the detriments of having long outstanding student loans. So any opportunity that, you know, you have to to get that kind of support, um, especially in a way that is also making your life safer. Uh, It seems like a win-win to me um, all around. But so we've talked a little bit about some of the parents who were very excited, very relieved to have their kids vaccinated. But, you know, there were others that are still skeptical, right, of sometimes the vaccine in general and sometimes, you know, about the city's what seems like a concerted push to vaccinate these children. So you covered a rally earlier this week outside PS56 where some of those in attendance expressed frustration with the city's in-school vaccination sites. Can you tell us a little bit about that rally and, and kind of who was there and what their their main problem was? Yeah, on, on Monday at PS56, a group of parents and, and people that have just generally been rallying against vaccine mandates in New York City showed up to PS56 on Monday morning around 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. And the reason they showed up at PS56 was because the school was hosting the vaccine clinic that day. So parents and their children were going there to get their vaccine if that was what they were going to be doing. And Again, this is a group that's been rallying against vaccine mandates in general. And now that the vaccine has been available to kids 5 to 11, many of the people there were protesting against the fact that the city was offering a vaccine clinic in schools in general. They felt that schools should be a place to learn and socialize and and be with friends and teachers and not a place where you would receive a, a shot and a vaccine. And they called it that they said it wasn't a medical facility that parents shouldn't be bringing their kids there, basically. A parent told me my kid goes here and you guys have no right to make my kids scared. And I agree with you. And my kid is never going to get this. John Matland is an activist and former Staten Island University Hospital employee. I trust PS56 and they will never force my child to get this. I trusted my hospital, and now I've been unemployed for three months. The real world is PS56 makes zero decisions. It's, it just comes down the line. And what we've heard from Danny Presti, who's the manager of Max Public House, and he's been at many of these protests and rallies against mandates, basically saying, I, I'm not against vaccination, and if you want to get your kid vaccinated, that's your business. But we feel that it shouldn't be done at school buildings. That's not the place we should be doing it. You should go to your pediatrician. You should go to a place where you would normally get a vaccine. So that was a very big portion of why they were there. And then the second part was the fear of a vaccine mandate for students. Now that, you know, we think about our youngest students are in kindergarten, they're five years old. So now they're able to get that vaccine every single kid in K to 12 is eligible for a vaccine. So now that there's this fear that a mandate will go into effect for students, right now the city is saying that there is no mandate. They don't want to prevent kids from coming to school. They finally got them all back in person this school year. So as of right now, there's no mandate, but there was a lot of 
belief that a mandate will eventually happen here in New York City. Yeah, and I, I want to touch on the mandate stuff a little more. But first, I just I just think it's interesting there kind of the, the point that the vaccine shouldn't be given in schools when, you know, earlier in the pandemic, when the vaccines first became available to uh, to adults, um, that was kind of one of the main places that they were giving them anyway. So I know, like, for example, my mom got vaccinated at Port Richmond High School and it seemed like a pretty smooth and safe operation in there. It never occurred to me like this is a place of learning. They shouldn't be giving vaccines here. But let's get to the mandate. Um, like you said, that's something that people are really concerned about, it seems now, that eventually the city will mandate the vaccine for students like they already did for all school staffers earlier this year. But like you said, we're not really there yet, right? So what's Mayor Bill de Blasio's stance on this issue? And perhaps more importantly, uh, incoming Mayor Eric Adams will take office in January. Right. So in terms of the vaccine and being a mandate, New York City has not created a mandate for students. Their argument is we have so many safety measures in place. We have mask wearing. We have social distancing to the greatest extent possible. We have all the adults in the school buildings completely fully vaccinated. If they're not, they they can't work in a school. So I think right now the city is focusing on trying to get as many kids vaccinated as possible, not really looking into a vaccine mandate for students. Uh, When Bill de Blasio was asked that, he basically said that he doesn't want a a mandate to inhibit kids from coming to school because he knows that parents may or may not want to have their kid vaccinated, and that shouldn't be a punishment for a student who wants to come to public school. So right now, there is no mandate. There is no possible mandate. When we think, when I say that, I find it funny because earlier this year, it was the same thing with you know, having a vaccine mandate for school staff. It was, we're not, we're not looking at mandates right now. We'll follow the science. We have a lot of things in place. So when we think about incoming mayor at Eric Adams, who's taking office in January, it's a possibility. He said that in the case of a vaccine mandate, that he wouldn't mandate anything until that vaccine had full FDA authorization. And as we know, Pfizer is only completely fully authorized for people 16 and over. So a vaccine mandate currently isn't even possible because it's not fully approved if Eric Adams wanted to do that in January. So it would have to be fully approved for kids five, five and up, basically, if they want to, to do this mandate under what he's saying right now. And he, he attributed this to the fact that if health professionals are saying this is the way we should be going, then that's when a mandate would go into place. Again, we're fo- he's following the health professionals. He's following what they're saying. And in terms of, you know, having that mandate, he said, again, that a lot of vaccines are already, you know, mandated, you know, aside from COVID. So it would just be an additional vaccine that he said would be part of that, you know, that mandate here. Yeah. And so I guess that makes this question a little theoretical at this point. But if a mandate were to be implemented at some point in the future, you know, you're someone who speaks to a ton of Staten Island parents regularly. Do you think that there would be a large number of families who would consider pulling their kids from the city's public school systems in favor of either private schools or even homeschooling if that mandate were to be put into effect? I could see a lot of parents in New York City pulling their kids out of public school if there is a mandate. And if I had to say one borough that would have the largest number, it would be Staten Island. This is a medical choice that should be up to each individual person without any pressure or force from other entities. Yet here we are, 
They're going to attempt to mandate it for our children, just like the flu shot is required for schools. Danielle is a Staten Island mother. When that happens, I'll be gone. My family will leave our beautiful house that we have been making a home, and we will seek refuge and live in a state that respects its constituents' rights to privacy, medical choice, and bodily integrity. Staten Island is probably one of the boroughs that has, you know, people that don't want to get vaccinated and probably won't get vaccinated, and therefore their children wouldn't. And I think in the case of of pulling their kids out. You know, I, I at that rally on Monday at PS56, I spoke to a parent. She said they, she put her kids in homeschooling last school year because she didn't feel remote learning was working for her kids. She didn't want to consent to, to testing to send her kids in person. And she pulled them out and she's been homeschooling them ever since. And another parent who spoke at that rally said, if there's a mandate in place, she's pulling her kids right out of school. She's going to homeschool them temporarily. And she said she would look into a learning pod, which is basically a small group of students outside of a public school or private school where, um, you know, a teacher or a certified professional would teach students basically kind of like a homeschooling pod at, some, you know, at someone's house or something like that, something similar. So I think there could be a very big push for homeschooling if the mandate's made. A lot of kids would probably go to private schools again, which we saw last school year where a lot of parents were pulling their kids out of public school because they wanted that full in-person experience for their kids. So I think we could see that if that does happen. I don't know if it will happen, so I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Yeah, and it's interesting because we've seen in the past few years that the enrollment numbers at uh, New York City's public schools have, have been dwindling a little bit to begin with. And then, like you said, last year took a big hit when some parents went for private schools or Catholic schools for the full in-person because they didn't want the hybrid, they didn't want the remote. So this really would, it seems like, just be another hit to that, that enrollment number that we've been seeing go down over the past few years to begin with. So th that's definitely something that'll be interesting to monitor. But before we go, you wrote this uh, super informative piece for us a few weeks ago about how NYC parents can get their kids vaccinated. So I was just hoping you could share some of that information with our listeners and just give them a brief rundown of what they need to know. So like we were talking before, a great way for parents to get their kids vaccinated if they haven't already is to wait until the week of November 29th. Um, and get their kid vaccinated in their school building. They can check the schedule once that goes up on the DOE's website. And if you're at a point where you don't want to get your kid vaccinated in school or you want to get them vaccinated sooner, or maybe you just want to wait a little bit more, just like every other adult in New York City, you can go and visit a vaccination site, a city-run vaccination site. Um, there are plenty on Staten Island and citywide, so there's that option. And again, if you go to a city-run site, you get that $100 incentive. And in, you know, if you're a person that doesn't want to go to a city-run site, I know a lot of pharmacies, which include like independent local pharmacies or pharmacies like CVS or Walgreens, also offer the vaccine. And those are also walk-in or appointment appointments can be made there. And just, you know, a, a reminder that the kids that are getting the vaccine that are 5 to 11 are getting a smaller dose than the adults. So they're only getting 10 micrograms compared to the 30 micrograms that people 12 and older have been getting. So they are getting a lower dose. They follow the same procedure as everyone else. They get the shot. They wait the 15 to 20 minutes after the shot, you know, to observe uh, of any reactions after, and then they return for the three weeks later and get the second dose, and then they're pretty much all set.
Sounds easy enough. Well, thank you for joining me today, Annalise. As always, it's great chatting with you, and I look forward to having you back on again soon. Thanks. You too. Did you know on March 20th, 1874, tennis was introduced to the United States by Mary Ewing Outerbridge, who brought the sport to her Staten Island home from Bermuda? Thank you for listening to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit SILive.com for the latest on all these stories and more. Thank you for supporting local journalism.